Insert disc two. This week we have a very special guest, sometime amigo Chad. He's rejoined us after many weeks away. Hey, he's been on assignment, but、uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Magic: The Gathering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Magic was a big part of our high school lives.、Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of were part of probably I would call it the second wave of of Magic, the second or third wave. Chad,、uh, why don't you tell me about、uh, the the first time that you ever saw Magic: The Gathering? Oh, that、um, that was going into going into、um, ninth grade. It was that summer.、Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't remember exactly. I don't know if I was at Street Corner or I guess it, I guess it had to have been. That way, you know, I think people were playing it, and I was like, "Man, that looks really cool." And I remember now, Street Corner was、uh, our hometown comics and card shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was around till like '97.、Um, but、uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely in that summer. And this was the summer of '95. Correct. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So it was like '95, and it had to have been there because I didn't know, I didn't know. Like Brent yet, or、mm-hmm. you know any other. So,、stuff. were you going to Street Corner before I was? Yeah, probably because because、like, you you already had an interest in comics. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was already I was already like buying comics. Right. You know, in in that time, and I remember seeing the game. And I was like, man, this looks really cool. And I remember the owner at the time, who was Rick Rick Hoover. He um he had these packs that you could buy, not like regular card packs, but like pre made. Commons、yeah. and uncommon sets,、yeah. and I bought these common sets, and I remember making a deck. It was a green deck, and it was Crawlworm, and I remember, um, out. I remember the first time basically playing, and it was out on your uh on your back like sunroom porch thing、mm-hmm. playing. I remember like like using Crawlworm and stuff、oh, yeah. like that and giant growths. You know, I definitely remember playing out on that. Back deck, and I also remember playing out on my front porch. And what's interesting about both of these surfaces is they're concrete surfaces. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so when I go in for a very aggressive tap, yeah, you know, I just scrape the back、oh, of the、yeah. card up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And、uh, absolutely. I, I used to carry the cards around in my pocket. Yeah, you know, this is before sleeves or anything、oh, yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, one of the crazy things about it was is is pretty early on in the game for me, I um. Like I play, I like I like playing, but this like the really the collectible aspect of it、mm-hmm. really hit home with me. Like I loved getting and trading and get you know just all that sort of stuff. That was really、uh, that was really my my big thing.、Um, but、uh, yeah, you know I remember I remember also、uh, one of my first interactions with Jamie. We were in the band room and he was playing, and I I you know some like really garbage deck. I remember him playing at the time with like much better cards,、mm-hmm. like dual lands and just stuff that I did not have. And I was like, "Man, I need that stuff." Right. And I remember, you know, trying to get that stuff pretty early on and things like that. Yeah, I I started playing about the same time that that you did. Of course, I、um, the our our freshman year was different than all the other years because that was the year that you were not in band and I was in the band. But、right. you were a runner, right? Were you a runner that year? You were、no. just were not not connected at all. And so I made all of these friends that all played Magic,、mm-hmm. and it was the it was the same thing where I saw these guys and they had all these cards and they were so cool.、Um, But I remember、um, the going into to street corner for the first time, and it was like the first time that I'd ever really spent a lot of time like not at a friend's house, but also unsupervised by、sure. parents. Oh yeah. And so it was kind of cool. It was like a club, and there were like most of the people were older than I was, yep. and,、oh, yeah. and 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 like,、um, and and like, but everybody was really nice, and、um, and so that was that was really special. In fact, like a lot of my best magic memories probably have as much to do with being at Street Corner as as anything else. Sure.、Um, And so,、uh, but I remember the first、uh, I bought all of the the like you said, Rick really did it right as far as I don't know if they still do this or not, but like having the common, you know, the the like black common set two dollars,、yeah, right? You get like twenty cards for two dollars. It、sure. was great. Oh yeah. But I remember buying one time. I bought this card from Chronicles. 
it was like Fire Drake or something like that. Right. It was it was a red card and it had this like stone dragon that had fire coming yeah, out of yeah. it. Do you remember what the name of that card is? I, th- I think I think you have an accurate name. Yeah, it. it was a dollar seventy five, and I was like, man, this is just, it's so expensive. But I really want this card. Sure. And and so like little did I know that you know later on things would be. But that was also where I bought um, the uh, the the only alpha card that I now currently have. I bought an alpha regrowth for for seven dollars, and we just looked it up, and it's now worth what one hundred and ninety five. Yeah, or something yeah, almost like two hundred. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there were many other cards, of course. That I remember one, my, one like lots of things that I regret. Most of my most of my magic playing career is is full of regret um, because either like a there was the time that I lost all of my cards because right. I, I put them behind the TV in the band room, thinking yeah. that no one would take them, and somebody took them. Right. And then there was also a time where I traded a dual land for a starter deck. Right, and I was like, "Man, I just want that. I want new cards." I, and that's that's always that was always kind of my problem was that I was always willing to you know trade something that was more valuable for like many less valuable things. Right. Well, I mean, maybe back then a starter deck for a dual land was probably okay. Pretty pretty comparable. Yeah, because I mean, you know, the lands back then were like maybe ten bucks, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so you know, you, you mentioned the the collectible aspect of Magic. I guess we should, if you're if you're still watching this and you don't know what Magic: The Gathering is, we should we should probably give a a, a short recap of what it is. Um, Magic was the first game that I'm aware of that falls into the genre of a collectible card game. So yeah. it's a game that you play with your friends. Um, but everybody has their own materials that they bring to the table. Everybody has their own cards, and each card has its own rarity, its own function, and when you buy cards, you don't get to pick the cards that you want. If you buy a pack, you get random a random selection of cards in which you combine into, into decks. And of course, there are a million billion of these games now, but Magic, was Magic the first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, It was invented by, uh, by a PhD uh, mathematician, Richard Garfield. Yeah, also famous for creating the uh, board game Robo Rally, which yep. is another mm-hmm. another great thing. Less famous for creating Vampire, the, the card game. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, do you remember, I mean, do you have any other, aside from like the, uh, do you remember your first big, your first big trade in the Magic world? Like, I, I always remember trading that, that dual land for the starter deck. Do you, do you have any? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I told you, I was, I, I was like wheeling and dealing for, I mean, pretty, pretty early on. I mean, that's like what I was doing. I remember getting, um... Um, a uh, probably around ninety six. I remember getting um, alliances had just come out, mm-hmm. and the hot card was a card called Baldivian Horde. Mm-hmm. Um, it's garbage now, but it was it was like the thing. You know, it was like twenty five bucks. So you know, there wasn't new cards at that price in a long time. I mean, you know, the, the, the stuff wasn't like you know like it is. Uh, uh, that was like the big thing, and I remember trading so much to get this Balduvian. Like I traded, I traded a lot to get this Balduvian horde. Four, four play sets of dual lands. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> uh, but it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I knew a Birds of Paradise was in the deal, mm. um, which was also a big card. Oh, uh, yeah. back then. Yeah, I uh, love Birds of Paradise. Yeah, and so, uh, so it was. That was probably the big, big, tra- the first big trade I did. So I was like probably in '96, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then so come come around '96, you were already done, right? Right. You, I you, burned out quickly because gaming for me has always been a social thing, and all of my friends except for you that played Magic graduated the the, yeah. the year after I started playing. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so that combined with the fact that I'd lost all of my cards, sure. uh, effectively took me out of the game. Yep. So yeah. So I, I still, I, you know, I played all throughout high school, mm-hmm. and I got Dan to play. Right. And so Dan was playing, but then Dan didn't do it for very long either. So Dan jumped in in like '97, and pretty much just played in '97. I guess also we should talk about another reason why I stopped playing was because Street Corner. 
Comics changed ownership. It did. It did to Matt and Mike, uh, who uh, were one of the guys at least was very terrible. Yeah. Uh, he he was not a fun person to be around. And they and they also uh, relaxed a lot of the regulation around indoor smoking at Street Corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a very unpleasant. I remember the last time I walked in there. Um, they were, uh, I remember walking in, they were, uh, it was, it was, the room was entirely smoke filled. Well, so it's probably very like, like a grayish purple. Yeah. Thing. And from dusk till dawn was playing on a big, big screen TV. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is not, this is not the street corner that I know and love. Yeah. And that yep. was the end. Yeah. But uh, they closed down soon after that. Yeah, they closed so. in 97 actually. Oh, wow. So. so they really were only around for like, they only that survived new, as owners as like less than a year. Do you think? Yeah, it's probably about a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I kept playing, I kept playing until, until, I guess I probably stopped. Well, no, I mean, I, I guess I was kind of still playing, like, when I was, like, when I was in high, like, up, up until I was, like, done with high school, mm-hmm. pretty much. So, you know, that's 99. And then I stopped for two years. And then started back in 2001. Do you remember what it what it was that got you back into it? Yes, I knew exactly what it was. There's a guy that was in my uh, in my Japanese class in college who was talking to a guy, uh, and they had and they had cards that were uh, they they were looking at cards or something like that, and we were talking about cards. And then uh, it's his name's Mike Taylor, uh, and so we started we started talking, and Mike lives. Uh, he used to live in uh, like right around here, kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and so we started playing, and then uh, that really sort of uh, jump started um, um, us playing again. And so we was there anything that was different about your second round of Magic versus the first round tournaments? That was that's all I did was like go and play in tournaments all the all, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I end up like meeting a lot of people going around and that sort of stuff like that. It's also also at that time we had uh um um it was right before Dan had moved or he just graduated college, I guess. So that's a few more years later. But he, had, uh, we got, I got him, we got him back into the game too mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, basically from two thousand one till so like two thousand six or so. Yeah, uh, at least, at least. Maybe I think he moved to he moved to Virginia in two thousand six. But you probably yeah. continued. Oh, on we we, we did. It's probably yeah. it's probably two thousand eight at least. Mm-hmm. So about seven years of going to tournaments. And so and we're not just talking about local things. We're talking about, um, I mean, you know, I was going to. I was going to Richmond, you know, three times a year for the vintage for the vintage series things. Mm-hmm. So we'd go down, and uh, you know, I know you went a couple times. I think I went one. time. Did you go one time? Okay, and I went. But I, I was. Sta- I came home. I don't even remember where this 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 tournament was. It was somewhere in West Virginia, I think, because I I had come home and I drove there. Okay. But I don't remember where it was, and that and the night before I didn't sleep because I was it was this weird thing where I was very aware of my teeth. Okay, and, and like I was just kept thinking about like my teeth are touching. Oh. I don't know. It was a weird time in my life. Oh, okay, um, but anyway, and then the next day I drove to this tournament, which was in like a really small card shop. I mean, the this particular tournament was very small, mm-hmm. and there was a guy playing with a deck full of slabbed cards, like hard. Did you go to that thing? Did you happen? I don't even think we've ever talked about this. Was this the one in Washington, Pennsylvania? You went yes. To? Well, that was the only one, so it had to. Have yeah, been. yeah, yeah. That okay. I, I know about that story. Okay. Uh, I don't know why you went that way, but you did for some reason. Yeah, I, it was a weird time. Like it was, it, I was still living in Alexandria, and um, and I had this deck with the flying men. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was. Yeah, I didn't. I, I lost. I was. Yeah. I was out immediately, and I yeah. drove a really long way. Yeah, and I was just tired it was a horrible experience yeah um so so we played so so we played we played till about 2007 or something like that 2008 for about six seven years and then we started then the warcraft card game came out Mm -hmm. 
And so Mike and I started playing the Warcraft card game. And for all purposes, it's probably a better game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was. But it lacked support. And from a national competition scene, it was skewed towards these two guys that won everything in the world. Oh. Um, and then it lost support, and then it eventually crashed and died. And there like is, is there any more Warcraft TCG? No, well, I mean, it eventually became Hearthstone, essentially. Oh, okay, but they no longer make physical cards. No, no, no. Now, but, is it, are the Hearthstone rules similar to the Warcraft TCG rules? Yeah, it's pretty close. Okay, interesting. I didn't realize yeah, they were connected. In fact, they used they used a ton of the same art, in fact. Mm. So, uh, so they saved a ton of money that way. Uh, but anyway, so we, we did that for a bit, and then I got back in playing legacy stuff. And so I was I was spending, uh, you know, I was getting a bunch of stuff and building decks and we were doing all that stuff and going different places. And then that takes me up to about 2010. And I was, I went to Columbus to an event called a Grand Prix. There was uh, 2,500 people there. And I didn't like it very much at all. Mm-hmm. And... Was I, was the environment, the playing environment at this tournament different than the ones that you'd, you'd been to before? Oh, yeah, because there's, like, pro players there, and it was, um, um, for a game that I would like to be fun and enjoyable. Now, you know, I, I, I don't want to ever go back to the days when I'm using giant growths and crawl worms and stuff like that. I, wanna, I do. I, okay, well... I, like you know, I like using powerful cards that mm-hmm. do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, but I don't want the people around me to be jerks about everything and right. stuff like that. And and that has that the reason why I've why when I've tried to play again and I've stopped very quickly is for that exact reason. Yeah. Well, it's it's really magic is set up unfortunately to foster that kind of oh, oh, beca- oh because is. of the way that timing works mm-hmm. in the game. Yep. Like people, it's like they expect you to be jerks about everything. Sure, right. And so that's, of course, the big problem that whenever I've tried, well, there are many things that when I tried to get back into Magic, it did. None of the cards were familiar to me. There were many more mechanics than there used to be. Right, oh yeah. The game was so much more complex. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't use any of the old cards that I liked. Right. I tried to get out the old, you know, the crawl worm and yep. the giant growth and stuff, and it didn't work. Right, right. Um, and so, um, but it's it's interesting that although you and I are very different levels of experience, we had the same experience, mm-hmm. you know, just in different places. Sure, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, but um, um, but yeah, like last last year, um, when Dan, so so Dan. Dan is our friend that yeah. is uh I don't know that he's ever been on Amigos, no. but he's he's uh he's he's another one of our friends from high school. Yeah, yeah. Um and so he lives in an area, he lives in Italy, and he is in an ultra competitive tournament area. In fact, because of that, he plays he goes to all kinds of things, and now he is actually a fairly competent player uh and stuff like that. I mean he's you know, he's he's uh is is pretty good. Because uh, he gets to play with like pro players all the time and is imp- you know improving his skills. Well, he came here and he was like, "Man, we we need to go to some stores." I was like, "Okay," and so I didn't really in kind of prep of him coming. I didn't have any cards, so I bought stuff to play. Um, and so I um, I go into these events, and so basically I've not played at this point in a few years, um, and. I won every event that I played in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. That was yeah, pretty cool. You know, that is cool. And we were talking about, and and I felt really bad because I told this guy, and who literally that's all he does in his free time is play play Magic. Uh, and he has he's played basically as long as I started. I mean, so he's been in the game forever. And I told his name was Brandon, and I said. I said, man, I kind of feel like a jerk for just walking in the store after like two years of never being in it, not played a single game of Magic, and it was just like swamp, like just like stomping everyone in the game. And uh, and I was like, you know, there's no reason that should happen, but it did. 
And so I kind of feel bad about so, it. So, I mean, do you think that you just happened to luck into the right meta as far as well, your that's, goes? That, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And that's that's another thing, too. It's like I remember the the the, the only tournament aside from that one uh, that I played in, the, it, it was was 2006 or 2007. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, um, there was this person that had this, like, uh, this forest walk deck. That yeah. was just, like, wiping the floor <laughs> with everybody. And it just, it struck me at the time, I was like, you know, it's not a level playing field. Like, mm-hmm. Magic claims that it is because you can do so many different things and everybody can yeah. have their own angle. But, you know, if you if you somehow figure out a way to beat the meta, then... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, you know, there are levels of skill within that. Mm-hmm. But that's really what, it's, it's what turned me off Magic is what turned me on to board games. Mm-hmm. Because with board games, you really are... Everybody's using the same stuff. You're not spending a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. I never really spent a whole lot. I think the peak of my magic spending, there was a time. Do you remember when I lived in Newport News and I would buy and sell oh, yeah, yeah. stuff? And I did pretty well at oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it was because at the time I was one of the few people that would actually scan the cards with a scanner. Yep. So there were really good images. Yep. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I... I think that the high point was when I put together that vintage deck. And mm-hmm. I mean, because that, I had a play set of dual lands. Oh, there weren't any of the good ones. They're at the red and the green, the volcanic islands. Well, well the red, blue, and those are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty expensive now. Yeah, but I remember I sold, you sold those for me, and I made enough money that I bought my DSLR, yeah, my yeah. first DSLR. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, um, oh, what was I, I was going to say something about. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, so take us take us up to um, up to the present. So right now, you know how approximately how many cards are you sitting on right now? Uh, the two I'm selling for you. Really? Yes. You have no other cards? No. I mean, there's like there's like a box of land at home, but I don't have anything. A box of beta land. No, no, it's not beta <laughs> land. Um, I know I don't have any anything playable at all. You know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, no. If I was, if we were still, if I was still playing a lot of physical board game stuff, I might buy a set of those commander decks mm-hmm. and take them so we could play like a multiplayer commander thing because that's mm-hmm. what it's for. But you know, I don't even do that anymore. Right. So, you know. well, I was just, I was not a fan of that format anyway commander? because oh, okay. the and this is this is another problem that I have with Magic. Unless you are on top of the game. If you if you want to casually play, mm-hmm. the person you're playing against is going to get aggravated with you very quickly because you're like, oh, I've never seen that card. Let me read it. Let me see what it does. Yep. And it's not like you know Stone Rain where you look at it, you can read it upside down. Sure. You know. Well, yeah, it's and, like a lot of text. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I guess the good thing about it is is that like for even 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 without me playing. For a lot, for a lot of those time, I I I still w- will like really study some of that stuff mm-hmm. just to learn like everything about it, so that I can just look at the art and know. Oh, I know what that is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so I don't have to, you know, so I don't have to read the stuff. Um, I, I the one of the besides playing recently with Dan uh, last year, I played a game with uh with some with a guy at work and some of his friends. And they were, they were, like, extreme. What I call extreme table kitchen casual magic players. Uh, to my to now though, apparently since my my presence, they are not now. They're not like really. ultra hardcore now <laughs> and stuff. Uh, so it's really funny because we were playing commander mm-hmm. and and in my my existence showing showing up. Uh, like like it's bas- it's basically like. Um, um, oh, um, like the first like settlers coming to the to the Americas, you mm. know, they just like changed the, you know, mm. like everyone was happy in their mm-hmm. world, and and now now you know all this like you know Ponce de Leon shows up, and you're like <laughs> you know everything is different now. So, do you keep track? Do you ever read up on like new TCGs that are coming out and stuff? Um, well, I mean. There, I know. I know. There's a game called Exodus that's new. Don't know much about it. Uh, I saw some videos that Rudy makes. Um, there's a Final Fantasy game that's supposed to be pretty good, and I think there's a new Dragon Ball game. 
And then I knew about Pokemon because Luke likes right. Pokemon cards. But as far as like what he just likes Pokemon cards because they're Pokemon. He does. He has no concept about the game. And honestly, I don't know anything about the game either. Um, I mean, I know like what some of the cards might be worth a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't. You know, for the most part. What? Okay. So, like, is there any comparison? Is there any? Is there any game that's poised to knock Magic off the pedestal? Not a card game. Hearthstone, yes. Mm-hmm. Hearthstone is everything that Magic wants to be and did it better, much faster, I mean, and with what's much more success. So, you know, the Pro Tour, a Pro Tour might pull in for the whole season a million dollars in prizes. I, you know, I don't know, five million, I don't know, not a lot. A single Hearthstone tournament, like the top winner is like 10 million or oh something like that. Oh my gosh, like are you serious? Oh yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, wow. I mean, it's, it's you know, you know those uh, those televised video game things they do now? Mm-hmm. Um, Wait a minute, I said it, mm-hmm, but I'm not sure what you mean. Like those video game tournaments where they're like playing and they're on teams and there's like... like you like esports sort e- of things? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hearthstone does that and pulls in those kinds of numbers, mm-hmm. you know, like... Well, I mean, and the thing about Hearthstone is that, I mean, you know, Blizzard is making 100% of the profit. You know, they don't have to share it with anybody. No distributors, no printers, no nothing. It's all all them. Nope. And there's no way to cash out of Hearthstone. Right. Right. It's genius. Oh, it is. It's genius. It is. is. Um, So talk a little bit about your Hearthstone uh, time. Well, it was about a week and a half long. <laughs> no, it was a little bit longer than that. It wasn't very long though. It was uh it was it was long enough to know that that I could spend a whole lot of time and only do that and not do anything else, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened. Uh, you know, it was like yeah, not nice. not sleeping uh um you know, I would uh I close my office door and, and be like, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, I have a very. I would. I'm exactly the same as you. I I had a very hard time being a casual Hearthstone player. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't. Um, in fact, you know, I I really I I was I was grinding everything out to to make like the best decks I could. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend really much money on it. Maybe like total maybe like forty dollars to buy some of those like oh, mission spent, packs you I've know spent way more than that yeah yeah so so I, <laughs> I did i did pretty well mm-hmm. as far as like spending. <laughs> not spending your money yeah, yeah 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 but you know i mean i was i i i like really quickly to make the best decks i could so just like in magic uh i was going to websites of looking at like uh, the decks that people were building and mm-hmm. were building those decks and I was like trying to go up in rank. So I got to, so they tried rank play. And when I stopped, I think I got to rank eight is when I stopped. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for playing about a, a month and never playing the game, I got to about rank eight. Now, do you think that your Warcraft experience helped you? No, not at all. Hmm. Not at all. I mean, um, like I, I was familiar with like what some of the things did because mm-hmm. I'd seen them before. But, um, but no, not really. It was really just the fact that you made it your life for yeah, like that, that exactly, short amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. And and so that that has actually that's benefited me in a lot of different things that I've done. Of uh, um, you know, yes, I've collect. So yeah, I've collected magic. But we could we could have many shows about all the things that I have done <laughs> right. oh, in yeah. my time. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll we'll save that for the next insert disc yeah, to yeah, all of it, your many yeah. many collections yeah, over yeah. the years. Um, if you ever want you want to talk about records, mm-hmm. man, I I got a lot of stories about that. <laughs> um, coins, um, yep. action figures. Yeah. I, I'm I'm the guy that's done it all. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, I I live vicariously through your collections. That's yeah, and so it's um, in fact, I I will mention that I listened to this comic one that was done the last one mm-hmm. and it was a little bit dangerous for me to listen to it. <laughs> now, you kind of made kind of got kind of got the itch. I have to not I, 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 I am watching I, I'm curious I'm watching stuff that I have bought before because I would just want to know what the price is doing compared to when I was doing it and that sort of stuff. I don't want to buy it. I really don't. I really don't want to buy it at all because 
storing comics is, is 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 terrible. As much as Aaron thinks it's awesome, it's not, it's not cool. <laughs> Aaron, you'll hear this. It's it's terrible. Um, what is it? Story comics? Sto- storing comics. St- oh, storing comics. No, okay. no, it's it's, gar- it's terrible. No, yeah. I mean it's it's not fun. No, uh, they're no, heavy. But nobody wants uh, nobody wants a closet full of long boxes. No, no, you know, um, and and. and yeah, and I totally agree with you. Just like looking at what it. I'd like to have is like a space on my wall with just some like some some slabbed golden age Batman. Oh well, sure. And I of would course, too. I'd probably take it and immediately sell it if I had that because that's pretty high dollar stuff. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you could get some like really the like the lame <laughs> where like like Batman, Batman's riding a horse. You know, Batman like, becomes fat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, but um, um, but yeah, like. I don't know, um, but yeah, back to magic stuff. I mean, it's um, there's things there's there's so many things about it that I still like about it, and there's but there's so many things I don't like about it at all, and I always every time I I buy this stuff again, I have these grand dreams about how stuff is going to play out, and it never does that way. Um, it, it never, never, no, it never happens that way ever. That I'm gonna play all the time. Well, I mean, you know, I can only, I only get over here, like however, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so, so I let mean, alone that, like going to a tournament yeah, for yeah, a whole yeah, day. Yeah, and yeah. All I that mean, stuff. that stuff doesn't, you know. Yeah. So you know, I get to do that when Dan get, comes here once a year. Right. You know? Or like once every seven to eight y- years. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it, you know, it doesn't make any sense for me to have that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, borrow it or whatever, you know, but not. Buy it. I wish that there could be like a league of Magic players that only played like revised edition. That would be the perfect thing for me. There is a thing. There is a thing called there. There is actually that kind of thing. There's a group of people that only play with cards before sixth edition and with pre sixth edition rules. That is a thing. That's me. That's me. That is a thing. Because I know, I know the card. That that's the, everything else aside. It's really just knowing the cards. Sure. Like oh, there's yeah. nothing worse than feeling helpless because you don't know what the things do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so like uh, that's that that would be if there was a group around here that did that. <laughs> yep. I would be. I would be. I probably would not be involved. But in my mind, it would be a cool sure. thing. to Sure. Be oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that. Uh, um, but I know that there's a thing like that because I've read about it. So. It's sort of like it's it, it it's sort of like people that are into model trains in the magic world. It's like they're your old people that they're yeah, like in. Yeah. But well, folks, uh if you are still with us by some miracle, <laughs> um, and you would like to dive deeper into the world of magic as investment and as collectible, then um Chad and I have recorded some additional content that I'm going to insert right as soon as uh, I say this word, boom. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's been a long time since I seriously played Magic. Right, sure. yep. um, I mean, I got back into it. I think there were two separate times when I got back into it. Mm-hmm. The first time was when I moved to Newport News in like 2006. And so Dan. Yep. And then when I was with Dan. And then the second time was when, was when Kamigawa came out. Which might have been this? Is that around the same time? It's probably around. So maybe it's only barely been one time back in. Sure, right, right. So, what um what would you say has changed the most? Not really since that time, because I don't really count that. But since the last time I was really involved, which would have been like around the time of Homelands. Oh, I mean, it's like barely the same game, really. I mean, because it's like even the rule set, even then, isn't even the same rule set at that point. Because they changed, they changed sixth uh, edition. They they redid the rules entirely, basically in the game. And so the first time, I mean, I guess it kind of functioned a little the same way, but I mean, it was it was like way way different. So there was that that was happening, and then um, you know you had uh, a change with like art stuff, uh, so the cards looked different. Um, you've had. You had a shift in terms of power too. So a long time ago, creatures were garbage, and spells were good. And right. now it shifted around to where spells are garbage and creatures are good. So it's it's like had a total shift. It's funny because when I was looking through 
um, you know, as I was contemplating getting all the beta commons, right. I was just looking at them and I loved every card because every card was immediately apparent to me what it did. Sure. And there were no like weird like I don't even think banding was a thing back. Did they have banding oh, back yeah, then? Oh yeah, yeah, banding, banding. That was when banding existed. That okay. was like a thing. Is banding not around anymore? No, no. They only use it if they do some kind of weird like rift traveling through like the lore, and they end up in a world in which banding existed. Like I think they did it maybe for this this thing that came out in uh, March or so uh, called Dominaria. So Dominaria is the world where, um, where the original magic stuff was happening. So, oh, okay. Because you're talking about these planes, and right. so you know they. It's go like to, alternate worlds. Yeah, correct. Things. Yeah, yeah. Do they still set you up like they used to, where they say there's two wizards on a hilltop and you're um, casting down? The... I don't. I mean, probably not. I think they just. I think they've given up that aspect of it, and they just you know, they just say it's a game. <laughs> You're sitting across the table with a very expensive play mat. Yes, pretty and much, pretty much. So um, we were talking about how the um, the cards have gotten a lot more expensive um, mm-hmm. lately. And so do you think that it's people, do you think that, you said, but at the same time that in, in your opinion and in other people's opinions, the game is also, it's not really on an upswing either. No, no, and so... Uh, interesting enough, that is what is driving the prices of older stuff up because people don't have confidence in new product now, and so they're they're turning to stuff that they do have confidence in, which is reserveless cards that are, that can't be reprinted, that are are only going to have less and less copies each year as time goes on. So they're going to naturally go up in price. Yeah, and, that, and that's what's really happening. But I mean, these cards—like, what percentage of Magic players do you think actually play in these, like, you know, vintage tournaments? Oh, I don't think probably a lot at all. I think it's—I think it's becoming a thing now where it's—we're um, talking about like trading as you would at a market level, mm-hmm. and that's what's really happening. I mean, it's—I uh, um, mean, as you've now seen, there's a whole website that is that looks like you're tracking stocks, but you're just tracking card prices, uh, MTG Goldfish. Um, and so I, I don't think it's players necessarily. Um, so do you think there's there's a lot of people that are involved in the magic trade that, that have no interest in magic the game? Um, yeah, because... Well, I mean, you know, or maybe very little interest well, sure, in it. Sure, okay. So, like, for instance, if you buy... If you buy... Well, okay. I can... I can I can give you some real world numbers. Um, in 2000, probably 12, I was talking up this guy at work and he wanted to buy a box of, he wanted to buy a box of cards because I talked about the price of old boxes and, and the, it's a good money maker. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Tempest was, it's a set, came out in 97. And it was a pretty decent price. It was like you probably get it for two fifty, okay. Um, and the reason why Tempest was such a good box to get it had an uncommon in it that was a hundred bucks at the time. Oh, uh, this card called Wasteland. And so I was like, buy a box of Tempest. We'll crack it open and we'll sell the singles out and we'll make money. Um, <laughs> which which would have been an awesome uh, idea, except the box had no Wastelands in it. Oh. So so you think okay. You got 15, 15 cards a pack, mm-hmm. um, 36 packs. You have three uncommon slots. You're like, okay, well, I should get a Wasteland. Oh, yeah, we didn't get any Wastelands. So the box, it, I think it made like $175. So it almost got... It almost, got almost as, broke even? Yeah, yeah, It was, mm-hmm. but we were still short. Now the box, though, if he'd held it, is a $1,000 box. So really, it always pays to keep the box sealed. Uh, yeah, especially old products, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Especially any box that has reserve list cards. So we're talking about things made from 90, 93, when the game first came out, to 90, 90, 98, I think. Was that the last year for, that there was? What, what What's the very last card on the reserve list? Um, well, the last set is Urza's Destiny. Mm-hmm. So it's like 98, 99, oh, okay. something like that. So, yeah. So um, what... Uh, like what would you say are the big the big 
the big mountaintop moments of, of magic like in terms of like the things that are really important that have happened like that's obviously one of the high points is like this was the last set where there was a reserve list card um well so you have um well i mean i don't know so obviously like you know like between unlimited and revised uh, that was a, that was probably a, a big break because there were no more power nine right sure yeah yeah and so 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 the next maybe the big next thing would be the invention of the reserve list which corresponds to the release of chronicles which tanked value of of like tons of cards mm -hmm. uh so that's why they made the reserve list so the reserve list was in existence all the way back after Chron it was created as a result of yeah. the backlash against yeah, yeah, the people hating. Yeah, ninety five. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah, because you had things like stuff from Legends, like all the Elder Dragon Legends oh, yeah. that used to be like seventy bucks, mm -hmm. and now were a dollar. Right. You know, so they were they were worthless for for a very long time. Um, so you have that. You had the rules change in 90, 96, 97. Um, you had. Um, um, I, I don't know when the art style changed. That's probably like 2001, so when they made the new frame. Um, you had um, all the big, one of the biggest things that happened was the introduction of Planeswalkers. So that happened in Lorwyn, which is, I don't know, 2007 or eight or mm -hmm. something like that. So they made a whole new card type, and that was a huge deal, you know. Um, and then, most recently, they started adding these things called lottery, well, not really lottery cards, but they were like ultra super premium versions of cards that have existed through time with totally new art style and everything that were uh, pretty rare in terms of in a box. So the, are these like foil cards? Yeah, they're foil, but they're not even like normal looking foil and they're not even normal looking cards. Like one, one set they made uh, uh, last year maybe. What, they look like hieroglyphics. Mm. So, uh, I mean, they really... Is it kind of like with the land when they stopped putting, like, tap to add this to your mana pool? It's like, it's just the whole thing is the picture? Well, no, there's words on it, but it's, like, weird looking. I mean, you have to see these things. Oh, okay. I mean, they're just really crazy. Uh, and they started doing that. So that was a pretty big change. Um, um, there's uh, some other stuff just kind of in far, as far as gameplay goes that's kind of changed the way that stuff has... Uh, well, mo the, for the invention of modern as a format, that was 2011, I think, Okay, because what I remember is, like, you have, like, type 1, which yeah. is, like, everything. Yeah. And then type 2, which is, like, the most recent base set in the last two expansions. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, like, type 2 extended, which was, like, the last four or something like that. So they don't have any of that anymore, right? <clears throat> no, so, okay, so you have, you, have, you still have the, the, the vintage thing, which is, like, the type 1. And then they made a format called Legacy, that's been around a while and so legacy basically is kind of like vintage but it's got instead of restricted cards it has banned cards and uh so it's but it's still old cards too um and then you have modern which like i said starts eighth edition whatever year that is forward and so um so you have that so and standard still is the same rule with like rotating sets and all that stuff like mm -hmm. that. do you think that there's is standard still the most popular tournament format Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, because you know the cards are currently available, and um, you know they're in print now, so they haven't gotten they haven't risen in price like crazy yet. Because I mean, you're talking about modern cards, for instance, aren't very old, and you know some of them were just in standard not that long uh, before. But because of the popularity of modern, the prices are really high. You know, uh, I mean, there's like modern cards that are you know over a hundred dollars now but the, the i guess when you when you're doing when you're collecting is investment though that's the, the probably the worst thing right because these are going to be cards when they cycle out they're going to fall in value right yeah that's typically that's typically the way it works i mean you know um you know the card's got to be really good to make an impact in a bigger card pool like modern or legacy or whatever um so you know the thing about when, when you're talking about um like I guess the power levels of cards. So they don't want to make anything too powerful in standard that's going to warp the warp the game and cause bannings. But they st it still happens though. But uh, and more so recently than any time uh, in a long time. 
Um, but it's but you're, the carpool is pretty small. But when you're going to uh, they say modern, where you're you, you know increasing the carpool by eight times, it there's a lot to compete with, and it may not be nearly as good kind of a thing. Right, right. So out of all of the cards that are the the very high dollar cards in Magic, let's just give for people that aren't aware um, the uh, the the most valuable single card is it still the Black Lotus? Absolutely. And so, what is what is the, the what is the right combination of Black Lotus? Like, what set is the most valuable? Alpha, alpha, an Alpha Black Lotus is yeah. the most the most expensive card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I know what the Unlimited is because I just looked at it this week. It's mm-hmm. like seven grand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what an Alpha one is. It's probably double at least, maybe. Okay, you know? okay. Yeah. And um, and so would you say that uh? At what point are there any cards that are really valuable, but are not played often? Oh, a ton, a ton. Yep. Um, and it's all it's reserveless stuff. I mean, that's what it is. There's stuff that's like garbage, but because it can't ever be reprinted again, people have called buyouts mm-hmm. and then artificially increase the price to where now it's like a card that should be a dollar or five dollars or whatever is you know $250 so what's what's an example of like a garbage card that they've decided to put on there um let me think what it's called um there is oh yeah invoke prejudice okay it's from legends First of all, it's it's like this is a sign of the times. There was no way they would ever make this card ever, ever at all. There are these spirits in the art, and they kind of look like they're wearing like KKK uniforms. Um. And that card is really dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it costs four blue. Oh, it's called Invoke Prejudice. So do yeah. you think they were actually going for the KKK oh, they, deal? Oh, they okay. absolutely were. Um, and so it's like, you know, and it's... I don't even know. I mean, the last time I looked, it was like over $300 now. Mm. It should not be that much. I mean, you know, it's just a weird card, but it can't be reprinted. And so it's, it's a, and it's a rare, I think. So it's now valuable. Mm. What is, um, what is a card that, that you, they put on the reserve list that you think they shouldn't have that they, that you should be allowed to, they should be allowed to reprint? Um, well, there's probably, there's honestly a lot because, they, the, if you look at the list, it's really random. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things that should be that's not. So, like, for instance, Demonic Tutor isn't. It should be because it's really good, mm-hmm. but it's not. Um, yeah, but then there's, like, things like, um, I can't, um, I don't know, like, Black Carriage Riders or something from Homeland. I, you know, I don't know. Is like, is. Though, mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's. It doesn't uh, make any sense. They, do they ever release any rationale for you know why? Nope. They, they, they just they just randomly pick cards off of the. Set. And uh, do they add cards to the reserve list every year? No. Basically, the list is the list. Okay. So up to what happened was is is each set until that ninety nine year they were adding new cards because they were adding cards from each set. Mm-hmm. So, but they so know. like they would add like a set would come out and they'd be like this card is now on the reserve list. Correct. So that's kind of crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because that would really cause the card value to spike, like well, while the set was still in print, right? Well, back in back in ninety seven or whatever, no one cared about that though. I mean, like the card values were really not like they are now at all. I mean, you know, the old stuff, the oldest stuff was worth money, um, but I mean. Like for instance, two thousand, two thousand four. Yeah, it's two thousand four. I was buying power. Okay, so I was buying like uh, moxes and all that stuff like that. So I think I was buying them at probably like three hundred a piece or something like that. And um, you know, like so that was the expensive card. I mean a lotus. I had a chance to buy a lotus, I remember in two thousand three, and I, I I was like, well, I could get other stuff instead. You know, like seven hundred dollars is a lot for one card. Mm-hmm. So I didn't buy it. 
you know so um now though you know it's 10 times that much it is exactly mm-hmm. and all that stuff is like 10 times what it was back you know um less than you know we're talking about 15 years ago you know it's it's like a lot more now mm-hmm. so so if you're um say that you're like me and you really have no interest in playing magic ever again but you're still fascinated by the cards because it's part of your youth sure and um and you like the idea of investment for potential loss because okay. that's my <laughs> that's what i do right sure and right. so it, what is your uh what is your advice to somebody that wants to break in to the magic scene uh as a collector with an eye on value to the future um don't try and do it all in one all at one time um because you know you'll 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 put too much in and you'll need to get out faster than you can and you won't you won't be able to recoup anything so i think you need to start probably smaller mm-hmm. and and like build it over time um do you have a specific instance in which uh you made a purchase that ended up not being not having the outcome that you thought it would Oh, probably more than I can think of. But I've had really good ones, too. Mm-hmm. I had one. Um, so I used to, um, when um, I was like 2010 and stuff like that, I wasn't really playing very much, but I loved buying and I loved selling and trading. Right. So that's what I did. I mean, that's all. That's like basically all I did. So one of my friends who uh, he, still, he still plays and he still has a really great collection. Like He kept... While I was doing all the buying and selling all the time, he bought. He just bought and kept. He just kept. Mm -hmm. So now he has, like, I guess you'd call a very nice portfolio that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, he he had this thing that was, um, you know, it was pretty valuable. It was like $300. So 2010, $300 cards, pretty good, you know. Mm -hmm. There aren't aren't too many uh, in that price range. So he wanted this other card and it was about the same price. And um, I was like, well, let's get rid of this other card. And it was, the card was called um, Imperial Seal. That's uh, the one he wanted? That's the one he didn't want. Okay, or that's what, the one he had. What the card he, he wanted want? was called Tabernacle at Pendrelvel from okay. Legends. It's land. Um, and, it's uh, one of the legendary lands like Pendlehaven? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted, one of, he wanted that land. And I said, well, let's get rid of the, uh, the Imperial Seal. And he goes, oh, man, I don't know. You know, it's really cool. And I'm like, all right, well, wouldn't, where do you use it at? And he goes, well, I had it in this commander deck, which is like a format. Um, it's like a multiplayer format. So I said, well, do you play that deck anymore? Well, no. Took it apart. So I'm like, well, do you play vintage? No. I'm like, so you have a card that you don't use right now, but but, and you have a card you want to get that you can use. And he goes, right. So I said, all right, well, I know where I can get a tabernacle right now. I'll call up cool stuff, which I did. So, you know, having having three people basically buy from cool stuff for 15 years has built up a pretty good rep for us. Mm-hmm. So I could literally call up the phone. I'm like, hey, listen, this is Chad. You know, I, I got I, I have a card I want to send in. Uh, I want to buy this card, too. And, and we hold it for me until the buy comes in. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So they took it off the site. They held it and we bought the card. Well, um, the Imperial Seal. This was a Chinese one. So that, that's that set I was talking about. It was like just released in a couple couple areas. So it was a Chinese one. So it's not even like the rarest one of it. Now, you know, it's probably like $500. So it's went up, really $200, something like that. Maybe maybe $600 now, you know. I don't know. The Tabernacle is about $3,500. Mm. So I made him a whole lot of money, you know, like now. Kind so, of the, I mean, is the golden rule just... Always go older if you can. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like that. That you watch that channel, Alpha Investments, uh, Rudy. I mean, you know, he he only he only wants old cards. Mm-hmm. Like when he buys collections, he only will buy people's collections if it contains old cards. Right. He doesn't want to buy new cards because you know he doesn't feel any any future in them. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what you know? What's what specific? Like, say that you had. Say that you had five hundred dollars and you yep. wanted to sink it into something magic related. Yep. Um, do you think that um, obviously I'd, buy, I'd, it, I'd probably buy sealed product? Do mm-hmm, you think that that's the? Mm-hmm, yep. 
that I th- I think so. you're going to be better off buying a box, you know, a, 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 however many boxes of yeah, even, something. Even if it's newer, mm-hmm. even if it's newer, you buy sealed product. Because yeah. the, cause the trend is always, even on the most garbage of garbage sealed product, is that it goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think that's, that's, better, that's better than the beta commons set? Well, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's better. It's just different. Um, like like those beta commons. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of ifs that, like looking at the auction, mm-hmm. I I cannot. So he says that they're all near mint. Okay. Um, well, the pictures are garbage in it. I don't know if you looked at it. They're all far away. Right. So right. I. You know, you can't tell if they've been sharpied, mm-hmm. which is a very high likelihood in beta mm-hmm. cards. Really? Oh yeah, because um, because I mean, how many how many cards from 1993 have never been played? Right. You know, I mean, that's is it. I mean, what with a sharpied card? Are you like? Do you, can you you can tell in the light? Like, if well, you, like, well, not even. Oh well, yeah, I mean, even even if even even if like they let's say they colored the whole border mm-hmm. black. So they did a great job, and, and um, maybe it's like some kind of matte thing. You can't tell. All you have to do is turn on the side and look at the edge. If the edge is not white, if it's black, then it's been sharpie. Mm. Yeah. So it, there's definitely when you're buying older singles, especially with not great photos, there's mm-hmm. a lot of unknowns. Oh yeah, that, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Have I, you ever been burned before? Like, have you ever bought something thinking that being in a situation like that? Oh yeah, I I'm almost certain that I bought. A rebacked card from a while ago. So rebacked. There's like there was these sets called collector's edition mm-hmm. that came out in the 90, gold border. Yeah, right? yeah. So what they do is is they they could they could like slice off the top layer and reback it to a, a to a a, a a beta card or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and so I think I bought a rebacked card one time. Mm. Um. So, because the the printing process for these cards were exactly the same, except for the gold border. Yeah, well, there's a little bit difference. There's some color variations, mm-hmm. so you could almost always tell a rebacked because if you put them side side by side, you can. There's um the um there's like a boldness difference with uh with the collector's edition versus the regular editions. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, the other, uh, talking about those seal product, I said I'd get seal product. When you're talking about when you get to a certain time, though, you have to then worry about the resealing of boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think you you were talking about watching a video about so about them reseal like right. resealing. But like, if you're buying, you know, I guess if you're buying sealed product from a distributor, you don't have to worry about that. But no, the, no, no, the but, worry comes from when you go to sell it. Does the seller believe, or does right. the buyer? Believe. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think if you're buying like if I buy something within the last few years, it being resealed is probably not a big deal, but when you're talking about product in that late 90s period, which isn't like the super old stuff, but it's still accessible products, mm-hmm. have they really resealed those boxes? Cuz there's like a video of a guy who got a box from 98 Urza Saga it was definitely resealed because all the packs were like the most garbage of garbage cards of all time. Mm-hmm. So what they did was is, is they opened a box until they got a good card and then put the rest of the card and then they kept doing that until they made a box of like just probably the likelihood of bad rare is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, do you think that you're better off? I mean, getting, well, obviously if you buy, a, a box of you know an older set it's just you, you as long as you're buying from a you know a trusted source yeah i think you're, you're okay, fine right? yeah, i think you're fine i think you're fine so like like you know um um as as much flack as like people give that rudy guy just because they do uh you know i'd buy from him like all day because mm-hmm. i you know i think i think he has the back uh, now it, does it ever make sense to buy from a place like cool stuff over ebay yeah, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, sometimes, sometimes um, there'll be um, you know I, th- I think the online stores try to keep up on trends, but sometimes they can't do it like uh, lightning fast, you know. And there'll be things overnight where people 
uh, are trying to do buyouts on things, mm-hmm. and they may not hit certain stores, and so you can potentially pick up some items on on the low if if buyouts are happening. So what if I tried to buy the beta common set on cool stuff? Uh, well, first of all, they're not going to have most of it in stock, mm. and uh, well, if you did. Uh, we you'd get fifteen percent off. I know that. Oh, because you've got that. Yes, you've got that awesome rep. Yeah, yep. So so you get you'd get a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You'd have to look. I you know. So. Yeah, I was just wondering about that. Um, I don't think you could get everything. I, I yeah. Don't, you know. So so cool stuff doesn't keep everything in stock. Mm-mm, mm-mm. They just they, they there's a there's very high turnover, especially with singles. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like they carry all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they'll go out of stock, uh, you know, but they get new stock all the time. But there's probably not a lot of people selling beta commons to them, I would guess. Because mm, they, they just think they'll be able to get a better deal, sell them individually on Yeah, on, I, mean, you see, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you sell to a store, what, you're probably getting, I mean, I, most of the time, it's like probably whatever the market price is, like probably 50, 50. 50 to 65 percent i would guess on it mm-hmm. so you know it's not it's not anywhere close to full price um and uh so you know yeah all right well chad thank you for joining us on this very special magic edition of sure. insert disc 2 sure oh i should also mention that i don't play the game either um i haven't played it for a long for, for a little while i played it i guess a couple weeks uh, last year when Dan was here, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I I don't like just for everyone listening. I don't actually play the game either, but I also have an interest in just like the 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 market aspect of it too. So cool. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Till then, adios. adios.